Seated. We've seen the belt of truth, which is God's what? Word. Amen. We've seen the breastplate of righteousness, which is not our righteousness. It is the righteousness of Christ. Amen. And then we see last time we were here a couple weeks ago, we saw the good news shoes. And that we um, have the peace of God in our life because of the good news. Amen. The salvation that has appeared to all men. That is a message for all people. I love what the angels said, uh, that, uh, uh, that this is good news for all people. Amen? And uh, that all could be saved. We have peace with God, but we should also take that peace to others. We need to be a sermon in shoes and go out with the gospel and preach the good word. How beautiful the feet of those who bring the good news. Amen? And then we see today the shield of faith. And we can't go out half ready to meet the world, half ready to fight the devil, half ready to fight our flesh. We need to be out uh, with all, all of our armor. It's verse 16. Verse 16, take the shield of faith. He says, above all, take the shield of faith. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 17... Verse 20, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. My friend, we serve a great God. He is the Creator. And all things are under His control. And all things are in His care. And anything above our head is below His feet. Jesus is saying in that verse in Matthew 17, 20, that the amount of faith doesn't matter as much as the one we put our faith in. Faith gets its power from who it is putting its faith in. And faith connects us and can connect us to God. Ephesians 6, 16, above all. What that means, above all, that means in all circumstances. Above all. In all circumstances, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I want to reiterate, faith alone, faith alone is not our shield. But faith connects us to the shield. Psalm 3.3, if you read the Old Testament, you read a lot of references to uh, God being our shield. Can you say that with me? God is our shield. Amen? God, say it with me. God is our shield. Psalm 3.3, but thou, O Lord, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. And when the flaming darts of the wicked one when the flaming darts of the evil one are flying, how can faith guard and strengthen you in your spiritual war against Satan? Faith guards us because when we have faith in God, we are connected to the one that can help us and save us, and we are secure in the shield of our faith. Amen? Above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, some people say, well, I have faith. Well, what, it's important. What is your faith in? Amen? What is your, well, I have faith in faith. I heard somebody tell me that one time. I'm like, well, that's great, but it's not good enough. I'm glad you have faith, but you have to have faith in Jesus. Faith in God. Faith in God. 
First, faith, number one, faith points our eyes toward the promises of God. Sometimes we forget that God has made some promises to us, beloved. 7,000, close to 7,500 times in the Bible. Somebody took and, and, and figured out how many promises God made. Over 8,000 promises God makes, but 7,500 are to mankind. First, faith points our eyes toward the promises of God. God has promised to be with me even when I walk through difficult times. I read what David wrote, Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, what does that mean? The staff. Now, now by, by the way, God prefers to use the staff and not the rod. But sometimes he'll use the rod. He corrects us. But the staff just shows us, hey, this is where you should be going. Just follow me. Trust me. Listen to me. Believe me. Now that's God saying that. Now, now if the pastor's saying that, and he's not using the word of God, don't trust the pastor. There's a lot of charlatans out there. A lot of, a lot of evil people that are using the gospel as a way to manipulate and control people. But we can trust our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know the Word of God is our our foundation, and we can stand. God's Word stands, and we can stand on the Word of God. And that's where we draw our comfort as the, the Word, the Word of God, His righteous law, His statutes, His Word shows us where to walk. And then the Holy Spirit is guiding us, as the Scripture said. Jesus said, He'll guide you into all truth. So thy rod and thy staff, and yes, there's times where the Bible tells us that our Father has to chasten His children. There's times for correction. But I'm so thankful for when we just trust the Lord and follow Him, and we connect to our shield of faith. We trust the Lord Faith points our eyes towards the promises of God. Sometimes we want to doubt in the darkness. We don't know where we're supposed to be. But then we look to the Word and we just say, I'm going to trust God. Don't doubt in the darkness what God has revealed to us in the light. Don't doubt in the darkness what God has shown you and how He's proved Himself time and time again. He has assured me that all things must work together for good. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. God has a purpose, and it's greater than our purpose. It's greater than anything we could even imagine. But we have to trust Him. He's proved Himself faithful. So even though I don't know how the future will work out, I know he holds it in his hands. When the devil comes along and he throws those fiery darts at us, and he says, God doesn't care about you. God's forgotten about you. You can't help yourself. You don't have any power or victory. You don't have any, uh, any way to overcome temptation. Or this bad thing wouldn't be happening to you if God loved you. Don't doubt in the darkness what God has revealed to us in the light. First, the faith, our faith points us to the promises of God. Secondly, our faith points us to the power of God. So it's not that God says something is unable to do what He says. He is more than able. 
He is more than able to do what He says He will do. Faith points our eyes to the power of God. Faith points our eyes to the power of God. When the devil comes along and tempts us by saying, you can't help yourself, you have to give in to temptation. Because I'm stronger than you. Well, I will have to admit that without God on my side, I'm no match for Satan. Amen? Amen. I'll say it again over, over on this side. I have to admit that I'm no match for Satan in my own. In my own strength, in my own flesh, I have no power over the devil. But the Bible tells me in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can't take on Satan, but God can. And God is greater than anything or anyone that we will face. Indeed, whenever we pray by faith, we are leaning into the power and the wisdom and the promises of God. Prayer is not some trick by which we get God to somehow do our bidding. See, that's what people think of when they think, oh, prayer is just me trying to get God to do what I want Him to do. No, my friend. All all prayer is, and it's an act of faith, but prayer is just me holding on to God's hand and saying, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I'll trust you. Are you holding on to your Father's hand? First of all, I want to ask you, with that question in mind, another question I want to ask you. Are you holding on to your Father's hand? But let me ask you, is God your Father? Is God your Father? Because there's no point in us trusting in God for all the trials of life when He is not our Father. You might be saying, well, I thought we were all God's children. Well, that's not what the Bible says. You know, Jesus even called out some people and said, you are of your father, the devil. Why? Because we're born into this world a child of hell. Understand that when we talk about a little baby going into eternity, dying before what we would say before their time, we trust God on all of those things. God is perfect in his, his judgment and His sovereignty. But let's say that child dies you know, at an age of one or two or younger or three. What we would say is before the age of accountability. We understand that that child is not in hell, praise God. From what we see in the Scripture, that child is with, with God. Because they have not reached the age of consciousness where they have had to make a choice between between trusting God and rejecting God's salvation. But my friend, we are, in this room, we are at the age of accountability where we have to choose whether we're going to receive salvation or if we're going to continue to reject the Holy Spirit of God who is convicting us to come to Jesus, not come to church, not come to be baptized, not come to do better, not try harder, But we have to say, Jesus is the only way, and I will hold on to him. My faith is connected to Jesus. 
My faith is not connected to the baptistry. Some people, their faith is connected to their baptism. Some people, their faith is, is, is connected to their church membership. And there are some good churches even that are preaching the gospel and somehow someone has joined that church without truly coming to Christ. And they're saying, well, I'm part of a good church. I'm part of a, a movement. And their faith is connected to that uh, church or pastor or teaching or idea. But my friend, those are false False assurances. I'm coming to, oh, I, I know I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. That's a false trust. You cannot trust in yourself. We are not good. We're not good enough. And we will never be good enough outside of Christ. We need to put our faith in Jesus. Connect your faith to the only one that can save you. Are you holding on to the Father's hand? Is God your Father? Is Jesus your Savior? Ask yourself those questions. My friend, Christian, today, you need to put your faith in Jesus every single day. You're saved, praise God. You're not going to lose your salvation. We believe that scripturally it's called eternal life. You have it. You possess it. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And there's many other proof texts for that. But what I'm saying is you don't have to get saved every single day. But every single day you need to come and say, Jesus, I'm trusting you for this situation. Because God, you didn't just save me so that I could just suffer through life. You saved me to serve you. As Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. Through faith. Well, faith is not salvation, but I'm saved by grace through faith. Faith connects me to the grace of God. And that not of yourselves, he says in verse 8, uh, not that not, or verse 9, that not of yourselves, it is the grace of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's no, nobody that has made it to heaven boasting in good works. We are boasting in the grace of God. It's all of grace. And none of my work. But then he says in verse 10, For ye are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are his workmanship. We're God's workmanship. And so after you're saved, there needs to be that development of a relationship with God. And God's allowing us to go through things. We're not here just to suffer after our salvation. We're here to grow. And God is using uh, trials even to mold us into being more like Jesus. And that is our purpose. All things work together for good to them that love God, to him that are called according to his purpose, that we would be conformed to the image of his Son. We are called to be like Jesus. And so all these things are here for a reason. And so every day we need to just hold on to the hand of Jesus and hold on to our Father and say, God, I trust you. I'm trusting you in this moment. I know that you have a purpose. I know there's a reason for this. Oh, my friend, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Am I here by myself this morning? Have faith in God. Amen. Have faith in Jesus. Are you holding on to your Father's hand? Is He your Father? Is Jesus your Savior? Not only do you need to hold on to Jesus every day uh, to help you, Christian, but my friend, if you're not saved, you need to take the hand of God this morning. Imagine, and I've not been on one of these yet, but I plan to. Imagine we're on 
you and I, we're all on a huge cruise ship down in the Bahamas. I'm going to use the Bahamas for sake of illustration because I don't want to be in Alaska, okay? I want to be in the Bahamas, even though it's summer. I just want to be in the Bahamas. I know they have cruises to Alaska, but yes, some of you have been there. But you're on this cruise ship in the Bahamas, and you accidentally fall off of the ship into the water below. And you're in the ocean, and you can't swim. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. And you've, you've tried. You've done everything you could to save yourself. But then somebody, I hope it's a bigger rope than this, but somebody throws you a rope, okay? And I was going to pick on somebody today, but I'm, I'm going to pick on all of you, okay? So let's say all of you are in the water, but just really one of you, okay? So just put yourself in the situation. And I threw a rope to you. I'm going to put it right up here. All right, here's the rope. You can see it? It's right there. Somebody throws you a rope. And if you grab that rope... Now, keep in mind, you've worn yourself out. You did all that you could. You have no more strength. You are incapable of pulling yourself to that ship. But somebody throws you the rope and says, just grab onto the rope and I will pull you to safety. And you've gone down for that last time and you see that rope and you see the necessity of grabbing onto it. And if you grab hold of that rope, you can be pulled to safety. But in order to be saved, several things are necessary. Number one, there has to be somebody at the other end of the rope. The rope can't save you. Somebody has to pull you in. The second thing is you need to grab onto the rope. You can't just say, I believe. I believe. I believe. And some are saying that today. And there could be a rope and someone at the end of it and they're saying, grab onto the rope and you say, I am drowning. And they say, I know you're drowning. That's why I'm throwing you the rope. I came to save you. And you can say, I believe you exist. And they're yelling back to somebody on the ship and they're saying, they're obviously delirious. They must have uh, been drinking the seawater. They must have ingested some of that salt water because they say, I believe you exist. I believe in you. I see you. I'm drowning. They're stating all of the obvious things. But they're not doing the only thing that will save them. And that is putting their faith in the one that will save them. And they say, well, you'd say you're out in the water. And you say to that person who says, I'm coming here to save you. Just grab onto the rope. And they say, and you say, that's okay. Just tie the rope onto one of those deck chairs. Okay? And, oh, here we have a deck chair. They say, just tie, and I know I'm saying you, you would never do this. Nobody here would do this. But let's just say you ingested some of that salt water, and you're just not thinking clearly. You are uh, very fearful. You're scared. But my friend, let's say it's me in the water. If I grab onto the rope and it's connected to one of those deck chairs, guess what? Not only am I going to be in the water, but so will that deck chair. That's a false assurance. That's not going to save anybody. I need somebody. I need somebody to pull me in. 
and to save me. And then you say, well, you know what, no, never mind about the deck chair, just throw me the rope. Just throw me the rope. I only need the rope. I don't need you. I just need the rope. I just need faith. Faith will save me. Now, nobody here would do that. But there's a lot of people that say, I believe in you, but I'm going to do it on my own. In essence, that's what's being said, isn't it? If you don't trust the one on the other end, you will drown because your faith was not in the one who could save you. If all your beliefs do not lead you to the necessary action, then they won't do you any good. Belief is important to be saved. But what are you believing in? Who? More importantly, who are you believing in? If we're believing in anyone except for Jesus, we're believing in a false assurance. Some are believing in themselves, some are believing in church, some are believing in, or they're just rejecting God. But saving faith is not simply saying, I believe in God. Saving faith is belief in complete, total dependence upon Jesus Christ. Complete, total dependence. I think of the acrostic for the word faith, forsaking all, I trust Him. Faith in Jesus. Romans 5, 1 and 2, therefore being justified or made righteous, is what that word justify means. Therefore being justified by, and that word by is very important, because it says by faith. Now, I just said you're not made righteous, righteous by the rope, by faith. But that word by is the word ek in the Greek, which is a preposition, and it denotes origin, the point whence motion or action proceeds. We start with faith. You have to grab onto the rope to get to Jesus, but that rope has to be connected to Christ. Romans 5.1, we're justified by faith, and we have made peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access. We have access by faith. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. That word stand is histami, which means to abide, to escape to safety, our shield, amen. To escape to safety. We're standing on the righteousness of Christ. We're standing on the promises of God. And so we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope and glory of God. Amen. Jesus is the doorway to heaven. As he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But my friend, not only do we understand this morning that Jesus is the way, he is the way to God, and we need to believe in Jesus, but it's more than just believing in the existence of a Savior. We need to put our faith in Him, and you need to call out to Christ, as the Bible says, that we need to call upon the name of the Lord. Receive salvation. Receive your salvation through faith. Jesus is the doorway, but have you put your faith? Have you, make it personal, have you put your faith in Jesus. Do you know Jesus? I'm not asking, are you a nice person? I'm just going to assume that's true this morning. I'm not asking, have you been religious? Because it was a religious crowd that crucified Jesus. I'm not asking, do you believe in God? Because the Bible says that the devil believes in God. 
I'm not asking, have you repented of your sin? And re- I'm, I'm asking, have you repented of your sin? Have you trusted Jesus? Have you turned from your works, from yourself, from sin, from your sin nature, from all that is keeping us from Christ, from religion, from anything? And you repented of that. You turned from that. And you turned to Christ and said, I need to put my faith in the Savior. And my friend, he's already reaching out his hand. It's not that we have to somehow get God to save us. Oh, God, please, come on. you got to give me a chance here. Give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Jesus is, is there, my friends, waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting for you to call upon him. Have you repented of your sin? Not baptism. Do you know that you know that if Jesus were to come back today, or if you were to die today, that you would go straight to heaven? Are you 100% sure? Pastor, nobody can know that. I'll testify this morning that I know. I know that I'm saved. Wow, how could you ever say such a thing? Nobody's that good. You're right. Well, one exception. Jesus. Jesus is good enough. He satisfies the wrath of God. He is my propitiation. He stood in my place. And He is my righteousness. I am standing in Christ. It's not my goodness. It's not my my, uh, life. It's not just because God loves me. Oh, He loves us all. And that's that's why He sent His Son. Because He loves us. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us. That whosoever believeth in Him, puts their faith in Him, should not perish but have everlasting life. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? If you're already saved, would you begin to pray for all those that are around you this morning? If you're not certain you're saved, pray first for yourself. How many uh, with heads bowed and eyes closed could say, Pastor, by God's grace, by the grace of God, and only by the grace of God, I can say that I know that I'm saved. I have sincerely come to Christ. I've repented of my sin, and I'm trusting in Christ alone to save me. That is my testimony. And I'm not ashamed of Him. If you could also say, I followed the Lord and believers' baptism after I was saved, not for salvation, but I've made some steps towards growing in my faith. And I, I'm now living for Jesus. I'm in fellowship with, with a church, whether it's this church or another New Testament church. If you can give me that kind of testimony this morning, if you would just raise your hand up across the room. I, I know there's many hands that will go up, many hands. You know Jesus, you've been baptized, and you're in fellowship with, a, with God and with a good church. Amen. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Now, if you couldn't... Raise your hand just a second ago. If you couldn't raise your hand and you've never, you've never truly bowed the knee and submitted 
to the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you turned your back on all of those things that I mentioned, and you have never done that, you have never come to Christ and been saved, saved by grace, saved by grace, you do not know that Jesus is your personal Savior. If you would, if you could, raise your hand and just say, Pastor, I need prayer. That's, that's my testimony. I need to be saved. I'd like to just get that settled once and for all. Now, by you raising your hand does not mean that we're going to embarrass you in any way or call you out. I just want to pray for you because we love you. And we, we are here. We exist. The church is here for the sole purpose of edifying Christians, but then reaching the lost. Reaching lost. Seeing people get saved. And so we would, if we, if we knew that that was your need, we would pray for you and love on you. But if you say, I, I'm not saved, but I'd, I'd like to know more about that. That's my testimony. If you would raise your hand, just across the room, be honest before you and God, be honest. You need to be saved. There might be somebody watching on live stream, and either today or maybe you're watching this at a later time. I want to tell you that there's several things that we need to just say real quick. But first of all, if you want to be saved, Jesus is waiting for you. You need to admit that you're a sinner. I think it's very important to acknowledge our need. You have to be lost before you're found. Amen? You need to be lost. You understand whether you admit it or not, you are lost. And so you need to come to the point in your life where you say, I need to be saved. Admit that you're a sinner. Secondly, believe that Jesus will save you. Believe that he'll save you. And confess them as your Savior and Lord. Come to Jesus. The Bible says that if we uh, come to Him, He will not reject us. He will not cast us out. But you need to come to Jesus. Let's all stand together. With every head bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to pray. And as, when I say amen, I want you to come. Christian, we need to make it a habit of being here uh, to pray at the altar. It helps. It really helps. It helps the service. But it helps you. It helps you to exercise uh, in a way, your will. You're coming. You're saying, I, I need to come, make a public profession of faith, or I need to make some, some things right. I need prayer. It's, it's, it's really helpful to the service and what we're doing here. It's an encouragement to me, but it's more important encouragement to you and to others around you. Secondly, uh, if you're not saved, I'd love to talk to you. Somebody would be down here to talk to you, show you the Word of God, how to be saved, but you have to come Come and, and, and talk to somebody. As soon as I say amen, you come, you leave your seat, and we're going to have, have uh, the, the pianist play. But let me pray. Father, I pray for those. I pray for those that have any decision that they need to make, Lord. And I pray that it will not be just a, uh, a mental decision, but it will be a decision uh, that is surrendering, surrendering to you, as a Lord, our Lord and Savior. I pray that they might have the joy and the peace that only you can give. And Father, I pray that you would bless this time of invitation and counseling, that this would be a time of, of breakthrough in, in somebody's life. That would be a help, a help, a help to them, that they would grow spiritually. But I pray for those that are lost, that they would come and find Jesus Christ as their personal Savior.